0: The new Super Beats Hard Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.
1: From the newsroom of The Washington Post. This is a special episode of Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Sunday, March 24th. Today the attorney general outlined the findings of the Mueller investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election.
0: There was no obstruction and none whatsoever. And it was a complete and total exoneration.
1: On Friday evening, we found out that Special Counsel Robert Mueller had delivered his long-anticipated report about the Trump campaign to Attorney General William Barr. And then on Sunday, Barr sent a four-page letter to Congress, breaking down the principal findings of the Mueller investigation. Who are you? What do you do?
0: My name is Devlin Barrett. I cover law enforcement and national security for The Washington Post.
1: Which is a very exciting job on a day like today. Keeps us busy. And since the moment that the attorney general's letter to Congress was released, Devlin's been unpacking what it means. So what is the key takeaway on the question of Russian interference in the 2016
0: election? The key takeaway on that question is that Mueller did not find a conspiracy between anyone in the Trump campaign and the Russians who were trying to influence the outcome of the election. There's basically they found no conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin.
1: And we know that there have been indictments related to Russian interference in the election, but basically what the report concluded was that there's no evidence that that happened on the Trump side of things, on the campaign side of things. Correct. They
0: have indicted more than two dozen Russians for various types of election interference, including hacking and in some cases social media, troll farms essentially. But The big question, the central question of Mueller's work was, did the Trump campaign or anyone in it help aid or assist the Russians in any way in doing that? And what we found now is that Mueller did not find that happened.
1: So that was the big question explored by the Mueller team. But then there was a secondary question of obstruction of justice. And what did the special counsel conclude on that?
0: Well, there you can tell from the even from the summary that Officials really struggled with that question. So the obstruction is sort of a simple idea that can get very complicated very quickly under the law. For example, there's nothing illegal about shredding documents. Everyone does that in your office, most offices, let's say. However, if you know the FBI is coming over to look at your documents soon, and you start shredding them, especially the ones that might be particularly bad for you. That usually does count as obstruction. So a lot of it's about intent and circumstances. In the president's case, what they started out with uh, when it came to obstruction was all the events that led up to the firing of FBI Director Jim Comey in May of 2017. There were a series of conversations with Comey that led up to that. They involved the investigation of uh, the president's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, And there was a question in the minds of investigators as to, is the president saying these things and doing these things in order to try to stop the investigation? So the question that was put to Mueller, and frankly, the reason Mueller exists as the special counsel, is because there was a concern that what the president was doing was interfering or attempting to interfere with the investigation. On that question, Mueller did not reach a conclusion He laid out, according to the attorney general's letter, a bunch of essentially pro and con facts and pro and con legal arguments on the obstruction question, but did not reach a conclusion on it. I think that suggests that Mueller struggled with coming up with a prosecutor's answer to that question and ultimately left it up to his bosses to make the call there. In this case, his bosses are Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and the Attorney General Bill Barr.
1: And it did really seem up in the air because the quote that was included in the letter that we've seen is, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Which is a pretty remarkable thing to have said.
0: It really is. And it's also, again, it's this weird, it's a little amazing to think that when this process started nearly two years ago, in large part because of the question of obstruction, the thing that you know really turned the Justice Department on its head to focus on the president personally was the obstruction piece of this. And to think that we have gotten now to the end of that investigation and essentially the people in charge of that investigation said, you know what? We actually don't have an answer on this. And I think it's understandable. I do think the law and the facts are an interesting and complicated batch of things to try to sift through. But it is amazing that on such an important question, Mueller ultimately did not reach a conclusion.
1: And he punted it to Attorney General William Barr. What did Barr have to say about this question?
0: Barr said that when he and his deputy looked at the facts, what they came up with was that the facts as presented did not meet the legal standards and also the Justice Department practices for prosecuting an obstruction case. They made it very clear that they weren't making that decision on the notion that the president can't be indicted. They looked at it as a factual and legal matter. Does the conduct constitute the crime of obstruction, whether or not the person doing it is the president?
1: So the issue here was basically that there wasn't enough proof.
0: Right. And that the law itself may have not supported An accusation of obstruction. You know, obstruction is about a couple different things. It's about what you do, and it's about what your intent is when you do those things. I think it's been pretty clear for some time that Mueller and his team spent a lot of time trying to understand the president's intent of certain things. And it seems as if, based on what we have in front of us, that they didn't ultimately get conclusive answers to the question of intent.
1: So how has President Trump responded to this so far?
0: Well, he spoke to reporters out in and at an airport in Florida, and he declared it a complete and total exoneration. Which, knowing the president, is not a huge surprise. And I think certainly some lawyers will argue that the you know language about not exonerating him yeah suggests it, it is that not it doesn't a complete it completely and total exoneration. exonerate him. Correct. So that's certainly true. But I do think, in fairness, I do think we should look at this report as saying, in some ways, that. The main thrust of concern about the president's conduct, the question of collusion with Russia, which is obviously a radioactive subject. If that were true, if they had found evidence of that, you know, that would throw the whole the legitimacy of his presidency into doubt. So that's not true, and that's an important, meaningful thing. And I think, frankly, anyone who's come under investigation who does not get charged is in some ways entitled to a little bit of a, a victory lap there. But this obstruction question I think is going to linger and that debate I think will go on for quite some time as to did the DOJ pursue it as aggressively as they could? Did they think about it as aggressively as they could? You're already seeing some Democrats suggest that to make a decision on this complicated legal matter in two days, which is basically the amount of time between when Barr receives the report and when he issues the letter summarizing its findings, that that's too short a time for such a complex problem. So we'll see how that debate plays out. And a lot
1: of the ways that people are going to be thinking about those questions depend on what we learn or do not learn from the actual report itself. Did the letter that Barr sent include any details about whether he's going to release some of those details of what the actual investigation found out?
0: He doesn't say it explicitly, but it's it's fairly. I'm fairly optimistic from reading the letter that he is going to release a lot of the report. What he says in the letter is that the report itself is being reviewed now for essentially protected material, which means grand jury information, it's against the law to release grand jury information, and other types of information that would be improper to put in a public space. And the way he frames that and discusses that in the letter makes me think that they are going to release in fairly short order the report, albeit in a redacted form. And the obvious question that flows from that is, okay, so how redacted? And because we don't know how much, for example, how much grand jury material Mueller put into the report, or how much, for example, classified material was put into the report. We don't know exactly how substantive those redactions might be, but I do think it is interesting that he seems to be signaling the letter very strongly that the report is coming. You just won't get every word of it.
1: How are Democrats in Congress responding to this so far?
0: So, Democrats have said that they want all of the underlying material that Mueller based his report on. They want to see the evidence for themselves and make their own determinations. On the question of, you know, the Trump and Russia conspiracy that Mueller says did not exist, it'll be interesting to see how much they take Mueller's determination at face value and how much they decide to pursue that on their own despite his determination. I do think that the obstruction question, the, the way the obstruction question was decided inside the Department of Justice, really leaves it ripe for lawmakers and Democrats to spend a lot of time exploring that question in their committees.
1: But still, for those Democrats who have said that they really want to pursue investigations into the president for the next two years, doesn't this take some of the error out of their efforts?
0: Oh, I think definitely. I mean, if you look at how the Mueller appointment was heralded at the start especially and and since, Democrats welcomed Bob Mueller's appointment not just because it meant stabilizing the Justice Department, stabilizing what seemed to be teetering toward a constitutional crisis on some days – They welcomed it because they felt that it was the best chance, if there was evidence of such a thing to be there, they felt like Bob Mueller was their best chance for finding it. Now, Bob Mueller has come back and said, it ain't there. I don't know how willing Democrats are going to be to accept that answer necessarily. That's one of the interesting questions going forward.
1: The president has not been exonerated by the special counsel. Yet, the Attorney General has decided not to go further, or apparently to share those findings with the public. We cannot simply rely on what may be a hasty, partisan interpretation of the facts. On Sunday evening, Representative Jerry Nadler, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, said that he believes that Barr's conclusions on the Mueller report are premature. We will ask the Attorney General to testify before the House Judiciary Committee. We will demand the release of the full report. The American people are entitled to a full accounting of the president's misconduct referenced by the special counsel. That's it for today's extra episode of Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. There'll be more on the Mueller report on Monday in a special episode of the Post podcast. Can he do that? And we'll be back in the afternoon with a regular episode of Post Reports.